Welcome back to the Newly Mints Podcast. I'm Jesse. And I'm Savannah. And last week, or two weeks ago, we... However long. Yeah. We were interviewing the lovely couple, Ryan and Becca, and uh, we're back with them to talk a little bit more about who they are and what they do and all the fun things that they, you know, work on. And uh, I wanted to start it off by, like, saying, you know, like, as medical students and medical professionals... We spend most of our day thinking about medicine, but I, uh, I I find it wholly refreshing when I get to talk with Ryan and Becca because of how little we talk about not medical. Yeah, how, how little we talk about like work. Like you know, I'll ask them how how work's doing, and they'll they'll give me answers. But then A we summary. just move on to yeah. all the other fun things we we share and we because talk about. Because they have no idea what I'm talking about, and I have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, it, it's actually awesomely refreshing so i hope other people find it thus just so. as refreshing yeah. as we do so uh but just to start off because i do want to like anchor you know people back you want to give your one minute summary about what you do again yeah for sure so uh, i'm a software engineer at paypal so i work with coding um, mostly around paypal credit so like the paypal credit applications um, accounts financing, um, everything around PayPal credit in the checkout, you might see like pay six months over time. That's my team. Yep. Cool. I work at Banner Health as a data analyst. I don't really have an official title right now, but it's like a data visualization analyst. I'll take data and create meaningful insights for doctors, patients, and people inside our company, hmm. which... Sometimes ties to provider compensation. Mm-hmm. So Jesse, mm-hmm. better watch out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm interested in like I do actually want to talk about that because I'm curious about it. But um, yeah, we can talk yeah, about the, other stuff first. <laughs> no, no. I, I actually wanted to start off with the stuff that we're probably more comfortable with. Um, I don't care. You had a question. Oh, just I'm just curious about like how that ties to us directly as like health professionals. Yeah. So like, what type of data do you analyze was it like specifically like is it health monitoring tools or is it like medication or like what yeah Uh, so i primarily dabble in clinical data we get some claims data from billing like medical billing data Mm -hmm. but what comes into me is mostly uh I don't know how to explain it to a clinical type data, like ICD-10 code data, okay. like um, patient encounter data. Mm-hmm. We get our biggest table that we have in our database is each patient's encounter ever. And it's, is it like, it's a big table. like vitals and like what they're there to be seen for? Or? We have everything. Okay. Yeah, we have everything. So then like what type of information are you trying to glean from that? Well, it's not up to me to really determine the information. Mm -hmm. What will happen is someone high up in our company will say, we need to focus, 2020, we need to focus on patient safety indicators. We need to lower the infection rates of CLABC, CAUTI, um, you know, like central line infections, things like that. Becca, (laughs) do you know what a central line is? No. I think so it's Jesse put one in recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, like, if you get an IV, it's peripheral, like, in your arm or sometimes in your hand. A central line goes directly to, like, the outside of your heart. Okay, right? okay. Yeah, it's into the big veins. Yeah. 
sometimes arteries, but which like really rarely. for some medication, if you give it into an intravenous, like down in your arm, it'll just like shred your vessels. So they Whoa. give it directly cause it's bigger and can handle it better. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you can imagine, like those can get easily infected. So that's, yeah. Kind of- Mm-hmm. You can just imagine me making like a very confused face this entire conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to contribute. So no, continue. I, not everybody who listens is medical, so I don't. Know. So when I start looking confused, explain then you. explain yeah. it to me. Absolutely. <laughs> and this is just a very high general overview, but let's focus on central line infections. Okay. The goal of that CMO or whatever position they are is to drive those down mm-hmm. as far as possible. And they will work with someone to get maybe a product owner. Becca knows the agile terminology better than I do. Yeah, he just started agile. But they will give a set of requirements and someone will figure out, okay, a central line has these ICD-10 codes and we'll have inclusions, exclusions, denominator, numerator, and who fits in the population. So it'll be only these hospitals during this time frame, mm-hmm. 2018 and up. And then that's about where it ends. They and give so do you, like, me the document. And so you find like the number of infections from central lines in that time frame? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's usually the denominator. Okay. So a lot of mm-hmm. what you tell me about at least is mm-hmm. maybe I can give like an outside perspective of what it sounds like that you do. But sure. you like find a way to um, put this data into a visualization chart that people can say like, oh, this location is doing very poorly in this one mm-hmm. criteria. We need to figure oh, out what's wrong with them. Okay. Or it's um, this area of the country or it's this demographic that's mm-hmm. doing yeah. um, poorly in this area. And yeah. so it gives them the visualization tool to be able to understand that data without just looking at like raw data in a database. Right, right. It's true. That's and fascinating. It's fun. And they're letting me sort of drive my own insights now. Mm-hmm. It, it used to be a lot of just scorecard reporting, but they recently said, how can we fix this? Mm-hmm. And so I'll build my dashboard that says, like Becca said, here's all the facilities and it'll drill down to patient level. It'll have a control chart on it, which is a statistical chart. We'll tell you, it'll tell you when your process is out of normal boundaries. Okay. It has a three uh-huh. standard deviation yeah. from the average. And it's just a mathematical way to say, this is this month is messed Not up. Not good, yeah. <laughs> and then you can drill into that. But it's it's really a fun and challenging job because I'll go to the CMS website, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services. I was going to ask about that. Mm-hmm. Because they're interested. They said, some of the incentive is like, we want our hospital to be a five-star hospital, mm-hmm. obviously, because of all the monetary incentives and patient care patient safety yeah and does it does it cms have like certain things that they want to focus on so like yes because i I learned about this in school Mm -hmm. i don't it's like pneumonia i think is it pneumonia from the hospital though like hospital acquired yeah hospital acquired and then so is central lines one of them or is that yeah that's a subset of a different kind so they have pneumonia for readmissions and Mm -hmm. mortality Mm -hmm. those are some of the yeah, like but, the big picture ones. Yeah, big picture. But they have all these categories and they break down. Mm-hmm. And that's my job right now is I'm the person who looks at CMS and says, here's what you need to focus on to get to five stars. Okay. So it'll point out huh. some of the top. I learned about 
that. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. really applicable. Cool. No, it, yeah. it, it truly is. Like mm-hmm. in, in my day to day, we talk about, oh, this is a risk factor that we discovered, you know, in the past two decades mm-hmm. that, you know, if you're African-American over the age of 45, you need to be taking this drug rather than dr- this yeah, drug. Yeah, so that was my other yeah. question. Do you know, you might not, but do you know if the data that you collect, like, has any effect on, like, practice guidelines yes okay yeah definitely yeah that's so cool (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) i'm working on some data right now it's for vtes okay Mm -hmm. help (laughs) it's a venous thromboembolism help so basically it's a clot in your vein okay i got it Mm -hmm. is is there any difference between a vte and a dvt i think so vein thrombosis yeah so i think one one type is one, but it's not the other. It's like a square. Oh, it's and a like rectangle. a subset. It's a subset. It's a subset. Oh, okay. yes. I, would I know math that. terms. <laughs> okay, yeah. that's fair. Yeah. But basically, it's a clot in your vein, and clots in your veins are really dangerous because... They can go to your brain. Sometimes. Um, sometimes. The first place <laughs> they go, though, oh. is pulmonary because yeah. veins going back to your heart, and then it gets oxygenated, and then it goes back out. So if it makes it through your pulmonary and back out, then it can go up to your mm-hmm. brain. Usually, um, if you have a stroke, though, it's like a clot that comes directly from your heart. So because then it doesn't have to go through all the little bitty vessels. Here's the thing. I know exactly why you said the brain, Becca. It's because like a decade ago, this ba- this really famous basketball player died from getting a, a stroke mm-hmm. from a deep vein thrombosis. Yeah, because... I feel like I've seen like media or commercials about this. Yeah. yeah, see, that's exactly what I think of is yeah. one in your leg and that's that goes exactly. to your brain. That's because, common, specifically because he had a heart defect that oh. allowed it to cross oh. the... Uh, he, oh, between the... Yeah, that's between the ventricles. fascinating. Yeah. And so, so it, it didn't, didn't go, go through, through the, the wall. wall. I yeah. Wow. So I because I think that too, and I never like really thought about like like why you think why that's wrong. Like I knew it was wrong. I just didn't know why I always thought of it, and it was because that was like all over the news. Like one of the biggest risk factors for stroke is AFib. Yeah, AFib because AFib is your heart working Mm -hmm. poorly, and so your heart can develop a clot inside of it. Do you know what atrium are? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it's like the top part of your heart, and instead of like clip like together it like flutters mm, yeah, but then yeah. every once in a while it'll pump and there's on your left atrium there's like this little like cave hanging off of it it looks and, like an ear yeah and it that like the blood flow doesn't regularly circle in there if you're fluttering mm-hmm. and so it'll just like blood will just sit there and clot so then when they all of a sudden press I the block the, the clot, clot goes shooting out and then the first like branch off of your is it what comes out of your heart your aorta yeah your aorta (laughs) (laughs) the first like off ramp as my teacher always said is like these up to your brain Mm. so okay so it's your carotid no no it's your subclavicular or brachiocephalic it's your brachiocephalic that becomes your carotid Mm. on your right side and then you also have your left carotid that comes straight off of right so there are two ways to get to your brain and both of them are really easy to access because they're like heart. right there mm-hmm. so and yeah. i love a it's so interesting <laughs> the the medication is my favorite. okay but sorry yeah. i, I so let no, us off on a tangent um, there no, but, <laughs> but the, okay so did you want to finish your thought oh yeah VTE. Yeah. yeah okay <laughs> we digress yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my bad measuring vte and 
there's a measure where we have to check if a patient is low, medium, or high risk, and we build that depending on what medications they're mm-hmm. on and what they are prescribed. Mm-hmm. Estrogen which, is a big one. Like I birth control? That. Yeah. Like the estrogen and birth control, you're at a way higher risk of getting a clot. I might have known that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Smoking is a big one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> that's, Sorry. That's big for him. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Just don't. Don't All smoke. Right. Let's see. That's our moral of this, of this one. Is don't smoke. <laughs> so I'll have a measure that's on a dashboard, and the link will be available for practice managers and providers. I set up security so they can go in, and they'll only see their score because it's tied to compensation. That's a big part of my job is you can't let doctors see other people's compensation or their scores for that matter when you say practice managers do you mean like practices of doctors like Uh, or is like like a hospital practice like a clinic practice so clinic managers and people who are at hospitals as well right so the providers well or is it like the supervisors the the supervisors of the providers but Providers can see their stuff too. Right. I know people send them the link, so I always set up the security to Make look sure. up their username. Yeah. So when oh. they log in, it's only their stuff. Okay. Because I know they do that. And this just happened on Thursday or Friday. I got a call from one of the providers, mm-hmm. and he wasn't too happy. I said, <laughs> why is my score for this VTE measure failing? And I'm like, well... And I pulled up the document, and I'm like, they're on this medication... They're doing this, and you ordered uh, mechanical yeah. something, something. Oh, is it oh, the squeezy boots? The mechanical... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the mechanical... Oh, crap, what's it called? Compression. Yeah, it's like the compression yeah. boots, basically. We, one of my Anti-embolism. Yeah, mm-hmm. basically it's like forcing the blood mm-hmm. in your legs to move so that it can't clot. Mm-hmm. And one of my teachers called them squeezy boots, so that's the <laughs> only way I know what they're called. Like, I can't the remember the official term. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we talked to him about it, and we got other people on the call, and we had a debate about it. And he's like, these patients should be low risk because, and he, he explained all his reasons. We went through and we said, okay, we got approval. It is low risk. So we changed the logic, and it boosted his score and a lot of other people's score. And he's like, that's how it should be because oh, that's right. what they tell me as a doctor. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. There's a, been a miscommunication. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. happens not too often, but... We have to tweak our code and things like that. Mm-hmm. And that's... So what about the other way around, though? Like, does anyone ever see their score and call you and be like, hey, what's wrong with this? And then you say, well, you need to change this about what you're doing. Yeah. But it's not really me di- directly who does yeah. that. It doesn't so really seem like it should be your job. No. Yeah. <laughs> I do a Maybe lot someday. of stuff, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, there are process engineers, and a lot of our findings goes to either the process engineers or the provider relations team, mm. and or the quality assurance team. Yeah. Banner is yeah. the largest private employer in Arizona. They have a lot of people. Yeah, they <laughs> do. Mm-hmm. I knew that. They're all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'll go to a number of teams, and they'll say, like, I'll see sheets that they give out to the providers that say, hey, this year, starting this year, you need to start filling this in online, you need to go to this database and type in these patient records, and then we'll see better and better performance mm-hmm. each year with that change. And it's it's really like cutting edge stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, That's yeah. you're so developing cool. basically 
uh, grading sheet for for physicians to see yeah. what mm-hmm. sort of well in hospital policies. I would yeah, imagine. yeah, but like you know, let's say you know I, I've worked with you know children with schizophrenia for or not the children with schizophrenia children with uh, seizures mm-hmm. for the past twenty years. And the medications have changed, and mm-hmm. the uh, procedures have changed, and the I'm not quite up to date. That's going mm-hmm. to show. Yeah, yeah, and that which will... happens a lot with older doctors. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's that's a way to keep everyone in line. Like, hey, there are things that are changing <laughs> that you're not you're not necessarily privy to. Let's get you on the right track. Mm-hmm. That that I think is an absolutely cool service. But that kind of brings me into my thinking for both of you. So oh, good. You were both, all being I don't want to. <laughs> you were both trained as engineers. I mean, yes. biomedical engineer, but still an engineer. I, I have friends who are biomed engineers who went into medical school and they were like freaked out by <laughs> how how much they were like disconnected with like the medicine of it. That's fascinating uh-huh. that they would think they would do well in medical school. <laughs> but, but the question is how much did you just have to learn on the job? What sort mm-hmm. of resources were oh, there yeah. for you to go from just, not just engineers, but being mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah. stock engineers to being part of Banner Health and part of PayPal? Okay, yeah. so I think I I'll answer you. this one first just so we don't get another like medical tangent <laughs> here. Um, Take a break. Yeah. So going from college to the workforce was a very big transition. Like there's definitely a lot of stuff that they don't prepare you for. Mm-hmm. School is very much like, here's this one project, you're using this programming language, here's your test cases, make sure they pass. Um, You know, it's very cut and dry. It's like either they pass or they don't. And that's very much not the case when you're doing software engineering in real life. You get requirements and it's like, okay, figure it out. Like, make sure it does this. And as long as it does that, that's fine. Like, they don't give you, you have to make up your own test cases. There's all these edge cases you have to think of. You're not just, Mm -hmm. and then once you're finished with it, it's not like you just turn it in and it's gone forever. It's a living product you have to maintain. Mm. Things change, bugs happen. It's You're c- always going to be working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually really enjoy that part way more than I enjoyed school. <laughs> um, really? So that's something that, like when I got towards the end of my college career, so like junior, senior, I was trying to decide if I wanted to keep going with my master's. Um, because ASU has this like four plus one program, so I could like do it very quickly instead of doing uh, four years of a bachelor's and then waiting and then doing two years of a master's, I could have just done a master's in one year. And so it would have been a good time to do it if I wanted to. But I went um, to an internship as a like a software engineering internship um, between my junior and senior year. And I realized like how much more I learned actually mm-hmm. being on the job mm-hmm. than I did in school. Like obviously school was needed for like the, you have the to have, principles like, the building and blocks, yeah. exactly. But I that really helped solidify my decision of I just need to go work after yeah. this. Like maybe I'll get my master's someday, but I really just want to be in the workforce because mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm doing so much better. I'm learning so much more. My horizons are expanding so much quickly, yeah. so That's much cool. quicker. Um, it's, it's very much a transition of small scale to bigger picture. You need to understand how your component and how your platform is going to interact with everybody else's mm-hmm. and nobody has all the answers. Right. It's, it's a matter of yeah. seeing who's been there the longest and knows the history, trying to find documentation that doesn't exist, looking Good. through code that's not yours and doesn't make any sense, looking at logs. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but there's a, a lot more to consider than just I needed to print out this string so that my test case passes. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was your internship required for your program? No. Or, okay. That yeah. was just See, something I, feel that like I wanted it to should do. Be. I, I do really agree it should be. Because, like, like mm-hmm. you had that experience. I'm sure other people who have done similar things had a similar experience. Mm-hmm. And, like, for me, like, it's not necessarily that I learned more on my rotations, but, like, I was able to recall all of the knowledge I had a lot better after yeah. I was like mm-hmm. actually putting using it into practice. It. Yeah. yeah, and then like I learned certain ways to make the information stick in my brain better mm-hmm. and like like you don't know if you're going to be good at it till you're doing right. it. Right, yeah. exactly. So and even just like the technologies that I learned in school were very much basic. It's like here's this programming language and here's a bunch of theory behind it, which is good to know. Like you want to know that stuff, but mm-hmm. there are so many other languages and frameworks and concepts that I had no place to put into practice in school that gotcha. I do now on the job. That coming in, I had no idea what I was doing, okay, and okay. like I, I work with a lot of like RCGs, which is recent college grads that are mm-hmm. graduating and coming into PayPal, and they're like nervous about right. like so was You're I like, you know I get it. it's like I totally get it like this stuff is really different than you did in school a lot of them are from ASU so I know what classes they took mm-hmm. so it's like oh that's kind of nice right everybody's at least this was my experience obviously I can't speak for all software engineers but everyone on my team was super helpful and super friendly and very knowledgeable like the team I joined I'm very lucky to have gotten a very like hardworking and um, like a team that's patient, patient, yeah, and like proud of what they're working on, basically. Um, So we all like really put pride in our work. We want to make sure that we're delivering the best possible product to customers. Um, Even if sometimes we have customer interactions that maybe like it's failing for 10 people, like Mm -hmm. 10 out of millions is not going to hurt our numbers any, but it's still like a bad experience for those people. And Mm -hmm. we care about that, which I really appreciate. See, now that ties into what I do a lot more than you think because, like, when I'm in the call center at work, all I do is, no, well, not, that's not all I do. I take a lot of prescriptions too, but, like, I talk to angry vets and angry, like, owners yeah. all the time, and, like, they're buying our product. So if they're unhappy, like, even if it's only a few people, like, I mean, we fill, like, thousands, yeah. tens of thousands of scripts a week between our two sites now especially Mm -hmm. so like those few handful of people that i talk to every week like i could Mm -hmm. not care you could just write it off right right? i could say well like you paid for it so oh well (laughs) but i i tend not to and not everybody i work with does that yeah i feel like where i am in my location we're a lot more like that than the other locations it it makes it a lot it feels a lot better going to work and yeah, doing your job. Yeah, absolutely. And luckily, I don't have to talk to anybody directly. Like, yeah. any of me, like, you don't have angry, angry customers. Yeah. It's but, not a fun experience. But we do, like, get the feedback through the grapevine. Like, right. we have customer service that reports issues, and then when we get on top of them and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it's not as direct of a chain, which right. I am perfectly fine with. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine so. <laughs> but, but, yeah. I think that attention to detail really pays off in the long run mm-hmm. because a lot of times it's not, oh, this is going to help me get a promotion. It's like, I'm, I need to do my best and right, meet that 100%. People start to see that and you get that sort of karma coming back <laughs> to you and you're like, I mean, that's one I, word for it. Yeah. I would yeah. agree with that. Like, I just kind of do my own thing and my 
my supervisor the other day, I got called into, I was supposed to be in the call center. I got called into the lab because it was so crazy over there. And I ended up staying two hours later than my shift. So I was in the lab for eight hours (laughs) and I had closed and like labeled 500 prescriptions in eight hours. And he like told me that and I was like, are you sure? (laughs) I was like, I feel like I did a lot because I kept having to like put more paper in my Um, But like, and, like, I don't feel like I'm trying to show no, off or anything. Yeah. Like, I'm just doing it's my just job. It's just good to have that pride in what you're doing. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah. like, he asked me, like, do you want more closing shifts? I was like, yeah, I love, like, I love closing. It's my favorite shift. And now that's all I have. And everybody's like, how did you get you that? Do that? And I was like, I asked him if he would give that's it to awesome. me. I mean, that's did, exactly so. how I felt about going to school. It's like people are like, how did you get A's? Or like, how did you pass I this? It's hard. like, I, I just did the work, you yeah. know? It's yeah, not yeah. a big secret. It's not, like, handed to me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's something that we, well, I can't say we, that the school that I'm going to really tries to do every time we're in class or in clinical medicine, like lectures, we are not legislators. Our job isn't to make the best possible outcome for 99% of Americans or something like that. I'm not designing, you know, the next drug for for America. I don't have to think about it that way. I need to think about the patient right mm-hmm. in front of me mm-hmm. yeah. for however much time I have. And if I can do the best I can with that patient, I've succeeded in my job. That's that's like and that's how you take it. Yeah, and... that's how how you take it. Uh, from what I've heard, from when you get calls about, you know, patients who didn't get their medications on mm-hmm. time, and now the, you know, the are there something wrong with it, yeah. or it wasn't what they expected, or whatever. Yeah, we we need to do the best we can for yeah. you know. The, and I think the that's smaller because of people. our training at school for sure. Is yeah. that something that you felt that was kind of instilled in school? Was that like attitude? I think so. I think that's work ethic. I think it's yeah. a core value that. Yeah, we all have, which is. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it really came from my teaching as much as it sounds like it mm-hmm. did from you guys. Like we did have like a computing ethics right. course, and of course, I mean, for us, oh, really? like, for the yeah. three of us, <laughs> New to like me. work ethic at our high school was like a that, big was deal. At that was that was like drilled. We in, yeah, but like. So, like, at least for you guys, you had that basis going into college. So, mm-hmm. even if you didn't have it in the college, like, you can, you're not going to slack it. off, <laughs> yeah. like, all of a sudden. So, yeah, at least you had that. I had ethics, too. Which is, yeah. That's so cool. Well, that makes sense for you. I guess yeah. it makes sense for both We had, both like, doctor you. ethics. Not yeah. Like, I, I took an 800-level course on the ethics of artificial intelligence. Yeah. Uh, oh, my gosh. It was almost exclusively computer programming. Yeah. And I had no coding experience. <laughs> I remember. Uh, That's weird in an ethics course. My ethics course was zero programming. It was all like examples, yeah. and case studies. And... I mean, we did a lot of reading and then we came to class and applied it. And mm. I'm like... Oh, interesting. That's Ooh. interesting for an ethics class. Yeah. I, I skated by with my B and I was like... <laughs> That's all I needed. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, I think it's really interesting how, you know, there there is that... that uh, comparative model of ethics that transcends, you know, being a Any physician study, yeah. or yeah. being a computer designer or a software designer. That's so cool. That is super, super cool. But Ryan, uh, what did you have to learn on the job? What did, what did you feel like? What was, what your, was your learning curve? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. It was a pretty, I don't know if that's the right word. It was tough. Yeah. It was, it was a lot I had to learn. When I was doing my biomedical engineering undergrad, the my senior year we did a lot of product design work 
for prosthetics and things like oh, okay. that. That's and I'm cool. like, oh, that's maybe something I want to go into. I did an interview or two, and I got pretty far in the process, like three interviews, two or three, mm-hmm. and I didn't get the jobs. And I'm like, that's okay. Like, I'll I'll try again next year or something. I'm still in school. And I went to the four plus one program mm-hmm. that. Becca mentioned I did something interesting where I was taking summer classes throughout college because I knew I was going to do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he was my, getting ahead, basically. I was getting ahead. So for my plus one, I figured out how to do a point a four point five like, plus <laughs> half. So I was there just one semester more. Wow. Because our scholarships ended after four years. So oh, yeah, I just okay. wanted to yeah. make sure. N- nip it in the bud. Yeah, just as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a really smart choice. And that this would be very interesting to you that semester i basically just worked on my applied project which mm-hmm. is like a thesis alternative mm-hmm. okay it, like we you have like to a write capstone. it we did a capstone project oh yeah yeah so, so one last year. capstone was senior year and then oh, applied okay. project was the master's, the master's. program yeah. mm-hmm. that sounds familiar from what cody and carly did mm-hmm. yeah okay so several times a week i drove down to atsu A.T. Still University, osteopathic medicine. And I worked with a doctor there who was training students how to properly use a PPG or photoplethysmograph. Of course. And... Bless you. (laughs) (laughs) My my job there was interesting because I, I created software that would allow them to learn the limits and i ultimately taught that class that was part of my applied project was going there teaching the class putting like showing how to like look at your pulse socks and stuff like that what does the ppg do do you know so it checks your it it's like checks your oxygen and there's pulse in there as well. Oh, is it like the little and clippy thing that they put yeah, in? It's, oh, it's okay. on your finger. Yeah. I know what that is. I know the it's, clippy thing. Yeah. <laughs> and We're on it now. <laughs> I don't know all the specifics, but I showed them how to identify a dichrotic notch. You could look at the waveform and everything on wow. the software. That's pretty cool. And did it, you program that software to do that? I, I remember you doing something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was kind of a nice graphical right, interface, yeah. but it was very complicated. <laughs> it took me a long time. But I figured it out, so I had all the readings on screen, and it was super easy, and I had different, it was like step one, step two, step three, and I walked them through it, and everyone liked it. They're still using the software Mm -hmm. to teach that class. Oh, that's cool. And yeah, it was a great experience. And then I'm like, you know, I really liked designing that program and creating something that people could use Mm -hmm. and get insights out of visualization. Yeah, the visualization was great. Yeah. And I went to Banner, and... I'm like, I kind of like the visualization. They're like, great, we have a new program called Tableau. I'm like, never heard of it. And they say, we, just, we use SAS. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. And then they said, at least you have SQL experience. Like, no, I don't do that. And What's that? I, I got Trifecta. the job. Yeah, in the interview, I told them about things that were adjacent to what they were using. <laughs> Tableau is like, super excel it's like excel with beautiful visualization capabilities can connect to any database it's also the way that he found this job was i have a friend on facebook from one of my database classes and she was a 
bioinformatics, um, getting her bioinformatics master's. And we had stayed in contact just via Facebook, and mm-hmm. she posted a, a job description. And I was like, and I know Ryan had been looking for a job at the time, so I was like, does this sound interesting to you? I was like, it doesn't really seem like what you studied, but right. like here, mm-hmm. if you're interested. And he's like, yeah, I think I'll go for it. And it worked out. Yeah. <laughs> so just those connections yeah, like, really but, helped out. Yeah. Totally. Very I wasn't important. super interested. No, honestly. Yeah. I'm like, sure, I'll apply. It'll just be Why not? Nice. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. 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 And they called me and I went in and they said, do you know SAS? I'm like, oh, I know R, which is like a statistical program. Mm-hmm. They're like, that's close enough. Yeah. And those kind of go together. I, I guess I impressed them because <laughs> Apparently. I got the job and they said, you're going to be coding in SQL databases and organizing data in spreadsheets and I'm like oh cool <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't sound fun at all I was pretty disappointed but it was two months into my job they got Tableau which is that visualization service and no one knew how to use it and I said I'm gonna learn this immediately I'm gonna be the yeah. guy and 15 yeah. days later I got the Tableau certification oh, which good for you. it's awesome. supposed to take three months but I, <laughs> I studied so much for that yeah. it was very difficult but I I got that, and I I was ahead of the game there. That was my silver bullet there to yeah. kind of get to the Gotta top. Find your niche. <laughs> and now I'm the visualization team guy on my team, and I'm really happy with that. Yeah. Sometimes that so cool. I'm I feel a little disappointed because I'm like I was in biomedical engineering. That's such a cool field, mm-hmm. and it's it's related, but it's not exactly not quite that. exactly what you yeah. studied to do. Sometimes I think like, would it be better if I just made prosthetics and did like product design? It it's kind of a toss up because what I do right now feels so easy compared to college. Mm-hmm. But wow. I I think I disagree. <laughs> but that, I mean, for me, but yeah. It, but what I do, it's just. It's not like I'm really smart really or good thinking. at anything. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. You're thinking. You're making. Like, <laughs> but it's thinking. it's low effort compared to some stuff. Some like of the stuff right. you had to, to do and design. Di- like... Differential equation. Calculus. Uh, well, okay. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't do that either. But but, <laughs> yeah, there, but... There, a lot of your job, from what it sounds like, is thinking about things spatially, thinking about things in a uh, design format, exactly. which is a completely different part of your brain than studying equations for a math test. Mm-hmm. So I think it's probably just as just as like skill oriented. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had to take a three month uh, thing mm-hmm. just to use the program. Yeah. yeah. I but, mean, maybe it's just something that comes easier. To yeah. It's so just it something that you're skilled. More at. simple. <laughs> I think so. Because it's so tied into Excel. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It is fulfilling when I think what I'm doing is I'm engineering a whole insight and design and template for people to use to better themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do like, I want to do with engineering? The exact same yeah. thing. And you were yeah. telling me about like making a visualization for like infant mortality rates. Yeah. Like that's yes. something that's like a very big deal, you know, yeah, or like is. childhood asthma diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Like these oh, are things yeah. that affect people's lives. Mm-hmm. Well, not only that, but like if you designed prosthetics, like eventually that would make a difference. Mm-hmm. Like not that that's not going to help someone, but it's not as immediate probably as what mm-hmm. you're doing now. Yeah. And sometimes that instant, like here's data that we're actually going to use and change something like right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that makes it like, you're like, okay, I did a good job today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's something that I think is a little, I guess, different or lacking from my job since I am so like far away from the customer. Right. Like I can push my code. I can see the logs changed and, I'm assuming people are using it, but we don't really ever hear the good feedback. We hear if there's a bug, right. you know, uh-huh. but like, I don't know if it's like, 
people love this product. I don't really go read reviews on it or whatever. Maybe I, I could take more like initiative to do that, but it's not a very like I don't talk to any end users right. or customers, mm-hmm. which I guess might be like a good thing to do. We do do this thing uh, where the team goes to the call center and we actually sit in and listen on oh, like okay. calls, yeah. which is stressful because it's <laughs> usually people are calling the customer service when they're upset, right? Yeah. Yes. And so, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's really good for us to hear like this is how our products are affecting people. Right. Like if we don't do this correctly, people can't pay their bills. People mm-hmm. can't like get their money. Like they rely on PayPal credit to be able to space out their grocery payments or mm-hmm. something. Gotcha. Like, so hearing that like that user feedback is good for... Right. Because I would imagine, like, like right. so yeah. far back from exactly. that, you're like, this is just code. Right. Now you see it in the the narrow spectrum of, yeah. like, the person. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I would have never thought, like, groceries. Like, or, or anything, yeah. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, anything that you need to, like, space out your payments on. Right, Some right. people rely on the fact that they can pay over six months or whatever because mm-hmm. yeah. they don't get have that much cash just on hand. Right, right. Yeah, and, I mean, you know this better than anyone, but as we get more and more commerce over the internet, more and more people depend on internet-based, you know, Secure. money transfers. <laughs> internet-based mm-hmm. money yeah. transfers. And like, I mean, I was reading a story this morning about someone on Twitch who just hasn't been getting their payments and they think it might be due to, you know, their internet-based money transfer. And like, it, that sort of stuff affects real people. Mm-hmm. Like that's your mm-hmm. income. Yeah. Like you don't get yeah. a paycheck direct deposited to your bank. Like that's where you're getting your paycheck mm-hmm. from. Yeah. And something that uh, PayPal always, like, touts, like, I don't want to say that's not the best word for it, but is funding the, like, underfunded and the underbanked. Yeah. And something that, like, came up recently with the government shutdown several months ago mm-hmm. is all those government workers, like, didn't have a paycheck money, for yeah. a month, like, a month, two weeks, however long it was. And there's a statistic um, that was going around that most of them don't have, like, $1,000 in savings. Like, if yes. there was some large expense that came up, they just don't have that much right. money to spend. And um, something that I really, like, am proud to say that I work at PayPal is we gave all of them, every government worker who, like, could prove they were a government worker, had right. an ID or something, called a customer service, we gave them a no-interest loan of $500 just immediately. And yep. seeing, like, the... And it was kind of an on-your-honor thing. Like, right. it was no interest. There was mm-hmm. no, like, payback like date. It was very much like, hey, like, we just want to help you out. And we actually did get to see a lot of good customer feedback from that. Mm-hmm. We, like, saw they, like, of course, were making, like, videos mm-hmm. about it and, like, look at what PayPal did. That's cool. Which is, it was Yeah, it was definitely in the news. And it was, I remember We saw, like, it. so many reviews of, like, this really saved me. Like, I couldn't pay my rent. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, this, like got me my groceries for the week or oh my gosh. pay my medication. It was just, I, I'm like proud to work at a company that actually cares about that. And I know from the outside, you probably like don't see that, but like our CEO, Dan Schulman always gives talks about like, we really want to be able to fund these underfunded and we want to make it easy for them to have access to money and their right. money and be able to make payments on things. And like, it's a good place to work. Like yeah. I enjoy yeah. it. That's I like awesome. that. It's not like, we have to get this done and like it's all about the numbers like mm-hmm. it's i mean uh, for sure the numbers matter right like, but that's like not like it's not the your mission, mission. Right, right exactly mm-hmm. yeah. so which is nice because especially for you guys like i said so far back that could very much be like all you focus on yeah. is like how much can we crank out today exactly like we don't want to put out bad products just right. to get them out right, right. like 
We want them to actually be useful for customers. Yeah, that's cool. And not like scummy, you know? It's like, well, right. here's this hidden interest rate. Yeah, yeah, it's so easy. So easy to, to mm-hmm. uh, take advantage of people because like, who's going to read the uh, 700 page exactly. uh, yeah. document that you get when you sign on to eBay? Yeah. Like that sort of stuff has bitten me in the butt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like it, I have to put a lot of trust in the companies yeah. I, I do business with. And I with. hate hearing about things that... Like, people do miss those fine print things. Mm-hmm. Like, there's things in the agreements where it's like, well, they said they... Or they took this and they aren't telling me why. And it's like, well, this this is actually, like, a common business practice. It's not just yeah. us. Like, and, and I really wish we could help you more, but this is just how, like, legally it has to be. It's right. like, oh, I hate seeing those, like, reviews of, like... They did this to me, blah, blah, blah. Right. Like, oh, I really wish, like, we could help you. But yeah. I... No, yeah. I mean, you get that, too. Like, if it comes down to a legal thing, like, it doesn't matter what you say. Right. Like, uh-huh. nothing can change this. It yep. is the law. And, like, people don't want to hear that. Yeah. Although, typically, where I work, if you, especially, like, with clinics, not so much with the owners, because the owners just want their pets to get their meds, which I totally get. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I get it. But, like... With the clinics, usually if you throw out the word legal, then they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Some people know. Yeah. So, but yeah, I get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I understand. But it, it sucks seeing it bite people in the butt, you right. know, but mm-hmm. it, they're there for a reason and it sometimes it, it happens. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I wanted to turn this over on its head and bring back what I said at the beginning, which was at the end of the day, what do you two do these awesome 20 something year olds uh do to relax he says 20 something because we're all older we're than old. him <laughs> um we do like to go out to eat we do every weekend we like food this you guys do that like uh what is that when you like go to the restaurant and it's like the big course it's like isn't oh the like, restaurant week yeah yeah yes yeah, so we do that every year when that we've comes never around. we should do that next it's amazing week. it's really fun so they have like a pre-planned menu of like here's a couple choices for your appetizer here's a couple choices for your entree mm-hmm. and your dessert sometimes they'll come with a drink sometimes not um but it's fun to like there's a website where it has like every single restaurant that's participating in restaurant week and so you can look at like the different menus and some of them are like more expensive than the other ones so finding like a good like middle ground is it usually like crazy when that happens or is it because it's so spread out like you don't usually have a hard time like getting i don't think we usually have a hard time getting in it's crazy really well you make the reservations i have to make a reservation like a couple weeks in In advance advance. probably one week is appropriate that's not not terrible right when they announce it i call i scroll through and i call And and then you're like hey can i reserve for restaurant week and they're like restaurant week like yeah. yeah they haven't even done right i'm always the first person and they say uh sure let me talk I, to my think, manager yeah. and then they're like talking they're like okay and they you can tell they got out a fresh piece of paper they have to start it's funny but yeah. it's so nice to go to some places the first place we went to had tacos it was a three-course meal 44 bucks per person came with a it's margarita usually like as well 33 oh, nice. or 44 per person yeah. that's right. like the typical or, price yeah. sorry it's 44 but then per, you couple. Get like, per couple per couple oh. sometimes sometimes it's it can be either one though yeah but like some you always have said like it's a lot of money up front but you like you get so much food so yeah like, it's like multiple meals yeah. are coming usually yes <laughs> i don't think we do 44 per person we don't usually do that's us. a little yeah. much right 33 per person we can and like, then if it's really couple. good, yeah. if it yeah. comes with a drink a or whatever, night, then yeah. yeah, that's fair. If it comes with a drink, because that's mm-hmm. like ten bucks, right? right. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Just what other hobbies do you have? Um, well, I am actually a grandma in disguise. <laughs> Same! Um, so I come home and I do some crosswords sometimes. I like to watch... I like to watch Judge Judy. It's on at 8. Oh no, so I know you did that. And then I also crochet. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so that was what I thought you were going to say. Because you're working on what what, what are you working on right now? Oh, a cardigan. Yeah. Is that crochet or is that knitting? That was actually knitting. Okay. Knitting, okay. Yeah. So I, I thought actually, I saw two needles. Yeah. So I do like usually what I work on is like um micro crochet, like amigurumi. So I crochet like very small things with embroidery oh, thread okay. um, and like a very small hook. Um, so like that little teeny eponine she made. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's like I mostly what it. I work on because it's a lot cheaper to buy embroidery thread than yarn mm-hmm. and a lot less commitment. True. Um, and then you only like, need the one hook. Exactly, yeah. And it's really easy to like transport around if I want to do it in the airport or whatever, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. And then I guess music. Um, yeah. So I sing in choir with Jesse. Or I used to used sing to. with Jesse and Savannah. Yeah, oh, man, um, I'm gonna come back. Yay! I think. Good. <laughs> if I if I I'm gonna ask my supervisor if I'm gonna stick to the two I to ten Monday through Friday. I yeah. hope so too because I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Then I can so go like, on Saturdays. Once or twice a week, then I'll go to choir. Um, I do a lot of D and D during the week too. <laughs> Uh, that helps keep like, your creative juices flowing. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, totally. Don't you, I, you sew, like, with a machine, too, right? To, like, not recently, but, yeah. So, like, for Comic-Con, then I'll work on cosplays and sewing. I've made a couple things just, like, to wear. You made but that one dress. I, I made like, that dress. So yeah. <laughs> I love that dress. But not not as often, because it takes up a lot of space. Yeah, the sewing machine is good. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the coolest things that I never really knew about until like later in my college years was how many like you know leisure activities people really share so yeah. like comic-con's this big example where like you know people will spend their entire year making oh, yeah. you know outfits mm-hmm. for comic-con and they'll you know go to all these you know uh talks where mm-hmm. they're talking about dungeons and dragons and you know your favorite uh, tv show and stuff like that and you get to really experience with other people who are interested in the same things and once i realized that i was like i'm going all in and i may have overdone it because i haven't played dnd in like two years but um <laughs> like since you moved yeah because i was running like three campaigns and i was That's just like i'm done <laughs> i am done yeah. but uh I-, I think it's such an awesome activity that you can share with people even yeah. even you know embroidery and you know all that specifically like crocheting oh, like and all i that. tell people at work that yeah. i crochet in it and they're like oh my gosh teach me i'm like all right yeah. everybody go get there i'm not yeah. buying your crap like you gotta get your own <laughs> yeah. stuff i'll teach you i'll yeah. teach you we can have a girl's night like yeah it doesn't have yeah. to be a social social mm-hmm. thing but it can be and that's yeah. so useful there's something, so many people who yeah. struggle with finding social activities nowadays Definitely. and something i like about D is there's aspects of it that can cater to a lot of people and what they enjoy. Mm-hmm. So like there's the combat, there's the character creation. You can mm-hmm. create your character how you want to. You can be a power gamer. You can make it for the roleplay purposes. And then there's like the, like I enjoy the roleplay purposes because like acting and we right. did a lot yep. of theater in high school mm-hmm. and I don't really have that sort of outlet anymore. You know, I don't have a community theater that I do or whatever. I know. And I really miss the musical. Exactly. Like, more than so, anything. like, D&D is a really good way to be able to just become another character, That's right? Cool. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it completely... It helps a lot of people. And mm-hmm. I think uh, there are a lot of people who need that 
in their life you know those like their those own personal world like separated from their work yeah. Yeah. separated from school yeah. where they can say this is mine and actually on my resume when i applied to medical school I made sure to put down that I had a D&D podcast. I made sure to put down like all the crazy nerdy things I do that yeah. I do to de-stress mm -hmm. in my resume because those are the things that show, oh, this guy's well-adjusted. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think I put this that person's, I put yeah, fire yeah. in mind when I applied to pharmacy school. Yeah. They're an actual person. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, this person yeah. isn't going to break yeah. down after two months of being yeah. in medical school because they do nothing other than study. That's yeah, that's important. That's a good point. And yeah. Dungeons and Dragons is D and D for oh, the yeah. one listener. <laughs> for the one person who like, Jesse said it, I think. I, oh, maybe okay. I did. I but, wasn't sure. Yeah, sure. Dungeons and Dragons. Anytime that you're, you know, escaping the mundane and exploring something interesting and, uh, you know, not linked to your income, <laughs> yeah. is a good thing. Yeah. To do on a Jesse's on a regular funny. basis. He comes home. I don't even know what you're doing. He like came home one day and he's like, he's like, you know what I've never noticed? He's like, people outside of medical school are like really unhealthy. <laughs> I was like, oh. He's like, he's oh, like, man. everybody in med school is like fit. They eat health. I'm like, they don't eat healthy. They're, med <laughs> they're, they're fit. At they least start they out eating out. healthy. They start out. Yeah. And, yeah. and then he's like, where were we? Like, or, we, we were at a restaurant. Was it? Oh yeah. It was when yeah. we went to the mall and he's like, Real people are like a whole different thing. And I'm like, you need to get out more. <laughs> like, what are these? Yeah. But like, seriously. Humans. It, like, going to medical school is like taking a snapshot of, you know, the people who were like predestined to be the most successful people. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. they were born beautiful. They were born with, you know, great posture and just like have awesome eidetic memories and can just like recite beautiful poetry that's that's the type of person who's like does that happen often no it does <laughs> this is like no, not any no. of his classmates no but seriously it is like morning charisma every every single person in my medical mm -hmm. program has something special about them that has nothing to do with you know memorizing facts hmm. out of a, a textbook that's not all they that's can good. do that's yeah, yeah. And, and it helps. They probably look for that in exactly. the application. Yeah, sure. yeah we, we, we're, it's, it's a, what's it called? Uh, uh, not, it's an artificial selective process <laughs> where you start with, you know, a thousand people and only, the, only like a hundred of those thousand people decide, oh, I want to go to medical school. And then only 10 of those thousand people are told, well, you can go to medical school. And then those 10, you know, have certain traits. And, and then five of them drop out. And then, well, yeah, some <laughs> of them drop out. Hopefully, before they've started medical school, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. otherwise it's pretty That's rough to, to deal with. Yeah, mm -hmm. but I, I, I think uh, it's something to consider. Is like you know, what is your outside trait? Because yeah, that's what you want to put forward. I talked a lot about mine, and <laughs> you didn't really get a chance to talk about yours. Sure. Well, I used to be. Well, I still am very into video games. I'm yeah. trying to transition away from that console, less, computer games. You know. A little bit less. but In really? moderation, it's fine. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I am looking around and seeing your Guinness World Records. <laughs> for um, Mario Kart. For Mario yes. Kart. And Diddy Kong Racing. And Diddy Kong Racing. Yeah, yeah you, you definitely are 
capable in the video game department. It's fun to be sort of in that competitive scene and see everyone. <laughs> a pro, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. It, it was so fun to be on the forums and talking to people and trash talking people <laughs> online. Saying, bully. No, Cyber bully. It, it was fun. It <laughs> no, was a rivalry. Wow, you didn't know about that secret passage on Mario Kart? <laughs> wow. How long have you been playing this game? Jeez. I like how you were like 19 and you were probably picking on all these 12 <laughs> Like, <laughs> He's, They're fine. They're <laughs> they were good. They needed it. Oh. Yeah, they needed to be taken down the <laughs> yeah. anyway. So, so what are you doing outside of video games then to, to, to fill I'm that? I'm transitioning away, yes. When Becca goes to D&D, I typically go to yoga. Whoa! Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Once a week you? at least. Is that least. why it's while now. on the ground? That's yeah, why. So it's I do, called a yoga mat? I try Savannah? to do stretching every day. <laughs> and well, yoga. Stuff. Full yoga class at least once a week. And then do my own stuff. Or if I don't do yoga, I'll just go to the gym and do whatever like else. Like your own yoga. Weightlifting or, just, or yeah. running or something yeah. like that. Good for your back. Yeah, oh, yeah, it, it helps is. you out. And I think my main hobby is just cooking. Oh my yeah. gosh. I was going to say and Toastmasters I, too. But... Oh, Toastmasters is something. Before I get into cooking. Yeah, because I know doing, you'll talk more about that. So. Yes. <laughs> I've been doing Toastmasters, which is an international public speaking and leadership club. I've heard of that. Yes. Okay, okay. My work pays for it. They reimburse oh. me. So it's essentially free. Oh, cool. I've been doing it for almost two years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Getting pretty good. And it's been helping a lot. I've been going up there. You give speeches in front yeah, of yeah. people. They critique you. They will write down what you did wrong. Sometimes they'll have a clicker out and every so and but. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, like. Long pause, yeah. like. Any filler word. And it's loud. They'll click that thing. Oh my thing gosh, that would be so stressful. It'll make you very nervous. It's the this exact opposite horrible. of a dog clicker. You know, those dog <laughs> clickers are supposed to nope. make him like happy. And you're just like, no. <laughs> but it's allowed me to sort of switch on a filter where I can go into public speaking note, mode and I can take out some of those filler, filler words. words. Yeah, yeah. I can drop down to casual. Which yeah. yeah. And yeah. something like that, do. like, okay, obviously this does not sound like my bailiwick at all. Like, this sounds horrible. But <laughs> <laughs> but something that I've noticed that you do very well is also the ability to critique other people, mm-hmm. which is, oh, I think, hard. It's a good and you give, have. like, some really good insights mm-hmm. to public speaking. And, like, the speakers are there, you know? For me, it would be very surface level, like you're talking too fast or you're right. not looking at the audience, but you give some really like insightful things that I think this has also helped you with. Yeah, I, I think I can agree. With that. <laughs> I, I think it's really helped me because that is a tough skill yeah. mm-hmm. to develop, but it might not even be talking. It might be body language or it might be, Content, I don't think like, you yeah. slept very well compared to last week or something oh, like that. You can really... Weird. Well, when you're seeing every week, yeah, then you can really have a good yeah. If it's the same people, but it really helps when you're at work and they say, "Hey, we have a big presentation in front of the CEO team," which happened, and And your boss is gone. My boss was gone, and my boss's boss was gone. No, they say you want to give the presentation. No, you said let me give it. Well. And they're like, uh, and you're like, I'm giving it. And they're like, okay. Well, someone, someone <laughs> no was like. No one else like, wanted to do it. Yeah. Someone wasn't too happy about it. And then I went to someone else, one <laughs> or the other, the CMO doctor. And I said, hey, I'm your guy. <laughs> He's like, okay. The and confidence. It worked out Envious. really well. Yeah, it was, no, it was really good. It was great. And I attribute awesome. that all to that Toastmasters yeah. learning. Okay. That's pretty cool. I could do a 
brief talk about cooking. Yeah, I mean, cooking. Uh, I've got five Probably minutes here tonight. that needs to be filled up about cooking. Sure, I, I'd love to yeah. do that. I made us all dinner tonight, which was great. He's yeah, made me dinner several times. <laughs> I am not. He a is the chef in our family. The chef. The chef. I am the cleaner upper. You're the assistant. You're the You're lovely the sous chef. assistant. I'm the sous chef. I can chop things. She's very good And I good pick up all the paper towels you leave everywhere. And you put the salad together very nicely. I sure nice. did. That was a criticism that, that you laid on him. Right there. Oh, he knows. Yeah. <laughs> he just like grabs a paper towel and like wipes one thing and leaves it there. And then grabs I'm another busy. one. <laughs> I got things to do. So I'm just got water boiling and yeah. things in the I'm oven. I'm just following behind him, picking I'm, up all his I'm paper towels. I'm trying to be cleaner because that's part of being a chef is keeping your workstation That's clean. That's my job, but yes. <laughs> but it, Learn that from out of Dewey. <laughs> <laughs> I think cooking is really integral to what I do and I guess who I am. Oh, yeah. Because it is, it's nice to be able to cook for a crowd, but also to take into account any allergies or any considerations to make special food. If you're eating food that's not processed, that's obviously healthier for you. Mm-hmm. We are eating pretty darn healthy. Yeah, we try to do a lot of fresh yeah. food. And we have our weekly menu up there. You Which can is check it out later. But we have... Out of date, but it's there. Yeah, no, ours we is have probably one like no, three months old. Oh, did you? That's yesterday. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. I didn't so see it yet. So we, we do our grocery list and we plan yep. all of our meals mm-hmm. for the week. We, we also do our grocery list based on the coupons that the yeah, store has, yes. which is so nice. So we'll say, oh, they have red sweet bell peppers on sale. On sale. Yeah. So like, oh, I'll do stuffed red bell peppers with yeah. a sweet potato apple. That's what we did. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so cool. We'll just... So having that planning is ideas. really nice. Yeah. yeah. Like that's not something we did like growing up. And so right. it was a lot yeah. more. My mom did that when yeah. I, was, I was like, okay, I'll show up to eat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's, it's nice being that organized. And then also it's like... We always go to the grocery store together too, so we always mm-hmm. have fun. It's oh, like a nice thing to do silly together. little date. Just <laughs> yeah, it's it's always goofy. Yeah, Something I, always weird. I hate grocery shopping. Yeah, really? I do the it. only time I will ever go grocery shopping is if Jesse's with me. I do most of grocery shopping. I'm the list master, so I like mm-hmm. go in order because I know like the produce and then the cereal oh, yeah. and the meat. So like I'm looking through the list and checking things off, and then mm-hmm. you're coming up with sometimes side dishes or yeah. you're, <laughs> oh, and you do all the sales and you've loaded all the coupons. And, oh, there you, you go. Know. <laughs> Yeah, we have a we have a good process yeah. here, but we we love eating. Oh yeah, <laughs> love I, eating. I do think uh, moral to take away from this is cooking is probably my favorite medium for practicing how to practice. Let me explain that. Please do. <laughs> I know that sounded weird, but when you're practicing something, you I mean obviously need to repeat exactly what you're doing to get better at it. I find that is easy with cooking because I remember exactly how I made each dish. You I have, have a good a, food memory. I have a really yeah. good food memory. I know what I ate, what I cooked like 10 years ago. Yeah. Oh so God. I can repeat. That's how he remembers like our dates. It's like <laughs> we went on a date to this place and he'll be like, I don't remember. And I'm like, we had like the beef shawarma and like the Mediterranean salad. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that place. <laughs> you, you told us when he proposed, we split a burger. And- <laughs> yeah, that was, that was crucial to the story. It was. Yeah. Because Paul made fun of us. <laughs> but you can you can get better at doing exactly what it is you need to work on, like cooking. But we we go out to eat a lot, and that's learning that's as well. Mm. That's yeah. that's a step in practicing. Because if you're an author and you, you don't read, <laughs> yeah, and if you don't read as an author, you're not really 
doing your full practice. I see. If you're not doing a podcast as people who work with patients, mm -hmm. you're probably lacking, or you could be better at the interaction skills. Mm -hmm. And oh, yeah. it's just a way to become well-rounded. Yeah, I think like, cooking is Yeah, so I think that that's why me. like we enjoyed Epcot so much, is you got to taste all these different sort oh, of... Yeah. So like, yeah, we just got back from Disney it was World. inspirational and, and yeah. humbling. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we got to taste all these different genres, and you got some really good ideas of like how to cook in different preparations and different spices and yeah, yeah. taste mm -hmm. profiles. And, That's yeah. cool. <laughs> it was great. That is, I mean... <laughs> Such a cool you wanna, like, hobby. Yeah. Drop so, your own, like, so not, not only is this a <laughs> hobby in which he experiences personally, but he shares some of his experiences. What, what's that about? I do. <laughs> a few months ago, maybe a year that ago. That was a while now. I think it was yeah. been a year. I created a YouTube channel called Sully's Kitchen. It was mainly just for my friends and family, just as for a fun, goofy, yeah. just as a goofy thing. They are all very amusing. Yeah, I, I crack up about them and sometimes rewatch them uh, <laughs> on a on a monthly basis. On it's just basis. um. Yeah food tutorials and goofy editing some amateur editing but <laughs> it it helps me just be creative and yeah it's and a, practice your like speeches and your oh, yeah, editing capabilities point. exactly my speech <laughs> has been it kind of brings it all together exactly yeah. it's a new way to practice cooking that. editing speeches yeah all of it <laughs> i don't think we've ever actually tried cooking anything that you've taught we should do that oh yeah no oh, there, there's a few guest that, episode uh definitely lasagna That's a good one yeah, lasagna was my favorite. Uh, that was the one where you couldn't open the, the jar. Right? Yeah. I'm pretty yep. certain. That That's why one. I start going to the gym. <laughs> it kind of was. It, it all ties in. Yeah, it kind of was. Yeah. What's, what's the best one you would recommend? The pesto one. The pesto. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was. Oh that's our most recent one. Pesto is like one. a good dish. Also, it's like a really th easy that thing and to make. And I was in it. Yeah. So. Obviously. Exactly. Best. You don't have to cook anything. You could toast your nuts if you want a little more flavor. But hey. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. I think I'm done here. Well, Savannah, Jesse, yeah. thank you for having us. It, it was, appreciate being so on the much. podcast. Hopefully, fun. we weren't super boring. <laughs> much well, like I didn't find it super boring. Okay, so. Much like you two in Epcot, I find this experience humbling and what, what enlightening. Did you, no, what did and you I, say? Inspiring. I, inspiring, inspiring, and humbling. Yeah. Um, so, th thank you for taking us along on your journey through, you know, getting married and what you do now. Um, if people have questions that are related to this, you can email us at newlymedspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, the purpose of this is to really get a community of people who are interested in what it's like to be in your 20s, what it's like to uh, be in medical fields or uh, get ready for a wedding, um, what sort of yeah, steps had, we're going through. I have had friends call me and be like, how do yeah. I do this for their wedding? <laughs> I'm like, uh. Yeah. And if you want to ask us a question, even if it's not perfectly related to what we've talked about so far, shoot us a link or shoot us a question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I'll bounce things off Becca and get back to you. Yeah. You probably know more than I do. <laughs> so, uh, Savannah. So once again, thanks to Double D for letting us use their music for our intro and outro. Um, my little brother and his best friend are the duo for that, and it's Double D-E-E. -E. Go to their SoundCloud and check them out. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.